let's just get started with the presentation itself. So I want to welcome uh, Robert Rooney. Rob, uh, obviously you'll introduce yourself, so I don't want to steal your thunder there, but um, I actually didn't know your background and I looked you up on LinkedIn. Uh, you might have seen, you know, people that have viewed you and I was like constantly <laughs> on your uh, profile, just checking out like, you know, what you've done and wow, super impressive um, CV resume that you have outside of real estate. Um, so kudos to you on all the professional Thanks, accolades man. and uh, we'd love to, you know, uh, hear about that. Uh, but yeah, we're, uh, we're all set here and just want to introduce the topic for tonight's webinar. I'll be interviewing Robert Rooney, um, just got into real estate about a year ago, and uh, the man cracked $140,000. I was totally taken aback. I had no idea you were killing it uh, to that degree. I know we had done some calls early on in 2021 uh, to get you started, um, and then I remember the deals in uh, Tom's River, I think it was, uh, yep. as we were working through those, and then after that, you know, it's just getting that first one done, right? It gives you this unbelievable level of conviction and confidence. And then two, three, four, five just kind of line themselves up. And you just mentioned as you were uh, jumping on that you've already got your first one under contract for uh, uh, 2022. So that's awesome. So Rob, why don't you start with, uh, you know, a, a background about yourself, you know, where you went to school, uh, and all of that, and what you were doing before real estate, and then how you came into real estate. Yeah, sure. So I, I grew up down in Bricktown, Ocean County. Um, I went to Stevens Institute of Technology, got an engineering degree in engineering management, uh, and then from there went to Accenture. Spent about six years at Accenture doing management consulting, IT work, customer service, operations, things like that. Um, and then moved on to some, some uh, education companies, the College Board, um, worked on the SAT for a few years, moved over to Pearson, um, and did strat planning across their organization. So that was a really interesting uh, experience. It was a, basically like a $7 billion budget. So it was it's pretty cool to see those kinds of numbers. We don't typically work with that in real estate, but um, you know, it, gave, it gave a good foundation for what we're doing here. Um, before the pandemic hit, I decided to, to go off on my own, start my own consulting company. I was working with some nonprofits out in New York. And then the pandemic hit mid um, 2020, I guess it was. And uh, yeah. that got cut. I mean, the first thing to go are consultants when, when, when things start to go south. So um, at that point, I started looking into real estate. And it was kind of like the end of 2020 that I really started taking it seriously. I think like we, I signed up for your group. We started chatting a little bit. I started doing a little marketing. Um, and then at the same time, uh, the, the companies came back and things were starting to, to normalize. And they said, can you come back and do more consulting work? So I took on that full, that full-time job again. Um, so since the end of 2020, I've been doing real estate and consulting um, straight through um, along with, we were talking about earlier, I'm the president of our Franklin Township Baseball League here. So uh, that's almost like a third job. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. So yeah. um, I, I, I really time box my day and make sure I've got time for everything. Um, yeah. But that, that's a, a synopsis of where I come from. That, that's awesome, man. Um, so you, you're not busy at all then, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and two kids. So. And, and know. so, see, that's, that's a testament to that if you can prioritize and make uh, whatever's important to you important enough, that it gets done, right? Um, so, you know, I had a similar story. I didn't uh, 
leave corporate America or my full-time job uh, as soon as real estate came on my plate. And I said, okay, I do want to pursue this. I had seen it working because, you know, as they say proximity is power. Well, my brother had gone full steam ahead right after college into real estate. And we're talking about 2008, 2009, uh, around that time when the market had crashed. And I saw him do some pretty large deals where I was sizing up my own corporate income at the time. And I said, look, it's going to take me, you know, I'm probably not even going to make what you just made in that one deal. He had done one in uh, New Brunswick, he made close to 130,000 in just one deal. It was this nice six figure check. And he was like 23 years old. Um, and I'm looking at this, like, can I somehow fold this into my life in a way where I could do this on the part-time? And what's interesting is I've been in this about 12 years and um, COVID, March of 2020, really caused all of us to kind of retool our entire business and go into this whole virtual wholesaling sort of world. So we'll talk a lot about that. You know, I think uh, some of the deals that you got, I was looking at where you sourced them. And that was interesting that you got some of your deals right from the social media. So everyone's connected now, right? Uh, we have to stop acting like uh, social media is a new thing. It's not, it's old now, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and people are finding deals right on Facebook and also dispoing. They're also liquidating the deals right on that as well. So let's actually jump right into the deals that you did. And you said you did six deals and you were able to do this in your part-time. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the time management piece of it, right? So you're, you've got um, two kids that yeah. requires some time. So, you know, you have to uh, do your thing as a father. Um, you might be involved in your community. You're certainly involved in, uh, you know, sports uh, in the community. So it's not just your own kids, uh, but it's other people's kids that you're mentoring and, and you're a leader for. Uh, talk about how are you managing your times uh, between your consulting, uh, you know, career, uh, running your real estate business, and then also all of the other things that you're doing, uh, being a family person. Yeah, yeah. So it really varies by day, but basically, um, the consulting work I've I've I'm doing about four to six hours a day on that now. So that starts early. Like I'll I'll start early on that, like eight a.m. and try to be done with that work by noon. It, don't, it doesn't always work that way because there are meetings and things come up. But I'm I try to be done with everything I need to do for consulting for the day by noon, and then my real estate is from twelve to five. And then if okay. I have baseball, it's, it's generally after that. So it's it's consulting in the morning, real estate afternoon, baseball, family stuff at night. And then, and then there are some weekend things, obviously, that you have to do and, and shift things around. But that's how I manage it. Are you doing some of the real estate business on the weekends as well? Sometimes. Real, yeah, you know, sometimes. They say real estate never sleeps. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. You know, it's not like I'm sending 200 text messages on Saturday and Sunday, but right. if I get a call from a, a seller, I take it. Um, if I need to visit a property on the weekend, I do that. Um, I try to minimize it, but but it does have to be done sometimes. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so awesome. I've got your deals here uh, up and here's your presentation. So let's actually get started with the first one. So I just want to kind of set the table for folks. Most of these deals are what we call uh, a wholesale deal, wholesaling real estate. And what that simply means is you have a motivated seller uh, that has a distressed property uh, or the situation itself is distressed. So there is not just a want, but there's the need to sell the property quickly. 
And a lot of times these folks will sell these properties at a deep discount. So you're buying properties at pennies on the dollar, right? Most of the time these properties need work. Uh, they're in horrible condition. And so you're getting it kind of, you know, we've all seen the fix and flip uh, TV shows on HGTV and, and whatnot. Um, you're getting it before those guys. You're getting it before the flippers get the property. So you're one step ahead in the supply chain. And then what you can do is actually take your contract and sell your contract. So they are going to pay you to step into your shoes and they're going to pay you a fee for that. And that's what we call an assignment fee. Um, and there are times where that assignment free, that fee is quite large. Um, and so we do, a, a, you know, there's a method called double closing where you actually take title to that property and you close on it and then you resell the property either the same day or, or the same week and, and so on and so forth. So that's wholesaling real estate in a nutshell, getting the property at a deep discount and then you sell it at a discount to the next person, leaving enough meat on the bone so that they can fix it up and sell it or fix it up and hold it as a rental property. So the first one up is... 519 Pine Street, Northfield, New Jersey. Uh, where even is Northfield, Rob? Yeah, so it's 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 down South Jersey. Um, to be honest, I, I, I think it's Atlanta County. Um, okay. I'm not 100% sure. And just so, you know, to, to follow up on that, I like I I don't go to any properties before I, I get them under contract. So it's just, that's yeah. another way I manage my time. And this is one that, you know, I got under contract and I actually never even went to the property. Like I never saw it in person. So, um, so you, so to this day, you've never seen this property. I've not. Yeah. Ne never <laughs> saw it. Um, the guy who sold it was um, renovating it himself and just kind of either got tired of it or ran out of cash or whatever. And he already had a lockbox on the property. So I just said, what's the code? And um, he signed the paperwork and, and that was it. So we, so we started getting buyers out there, out there as soon as we could. Okay, awesome. How did you get interior pictures of the property? Uh, well, let's start from the top. It says your source was SMS. So that's a text yeah, messaging yeah. Uh, campaign. What software did you use to do that? How did you collect the data? And sure. what sort of a seller? Was this a vacant property? Was this uh, absentee owner? What was the kind of the list criteria that you had? Yeah, so on this one, it was, um, so I pulled the list from PropStream. And I use batch leads for texting. So um, I really like batch leads. It, it, it really does a good job of making sure that your texts have high deliverable rates. Yeah. So um, I like that. But um, the criteria for this one, this was an absentee owner. Um, somebody owned the property, but they had a different address. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of different criteria I put into these polls from PropStream because I'm sending out a lot of texts. So um, I'll look for absentee owners, vacants. Um, tax liens, pre-foreclosure, pretty much any any sign of distress that you can pull from there. And then yeah, I'll stack, awesome with prop batch stream stacks. Like, yeah, right. just stack those pain points, right? And what's awesome with PropStream is you could just, those are simply like checking off the box and it continues to filter down that list so that you could be laser focused and, uh, you know, uh, target them like a sniper, basically. Right. So, okay, so then, so this is a rehabber kind of running out of money is what's going on here. With yeah, I, I think it was that plus time. Like he was, he just didn't have the time to do it. So yeah, he only wanted what he had into it out of it. Yep. So um, you know, the numbers seemed to work. Okay, awesome. So folks that are listening in on this, you know, that is a segment of the market. Uh, it, it's a contractor that might have taken on too many projects at the same time, and this one's not getting his attention, and he just wants to 
you know, unload it and get his money out of it. Uh, so you put it under contract for 86.5. There's a lockbox already on there. So now you're able to sell your buyer, send your buyers there. How did you, you know, what's your marketing machine as far as finding buyers? Yeah, so th this one was pretty easy and straightforward. That the, the gentleman who sold the property wanted to, he said, if you can close this in 30 days, um, I'll sell it to you. If you can, if the, the contract's canceled. So I actually used the group here. I, I sent it out to the group. Um, and I got a response from Faria, who I see is on the on the the call, oh, and awesome. uh, she she was looking for properties down there. She went out, used the lockbox, went in there, and a day or two later said she'd take it. So um, because I didn't have a lot of time, I didn't any kind of bidding or um, you know have multiple buyers go out there. Once Faria was interested in it and wanted it, um, that was it. She signed the assignment contract, and we were off to the races. So, so that's awesome because you actually dropped it right in our uh, private WhatsApp group chat. And then yep. another uh, person that's come through our program uh, took it. Now, Faria is a powerhouse. I don't, I don't know if you know that. Uh, yeah. She's yeah. done strip malls, a lot of commercial deals. Uh, she's, you know, kind of gone to the next level. Um, uh, and, you know, she's the one that kind of turned me on to the idea of Toledo, Ohio. It's a Midwest market that's just really unique. And uh, we ended up doing, uh, several joint ventures uh, in terms of wholesales out there. And uh, I think total done about 115 properties in Toledo, wow. Ohio. But that's that's really awesome to hear that, you know, both of you guys were able to connect in that ecosystem and get this done. So you got this. Okay. He gave you 30 days. How many days did it take you? Uh, it was right on 30 days. It was, it was okay. I mean, we, we might've been 29 or 30. It was right on there. And so you just put your assignment fee right on the HUD and you know just close as normal yeah. there's no need to do a double close over here yeah and i actually yes. believe we use doug's um title company for that doug beck great. so okay, know, everything great. everything was in in the family awesome yeah doug's in there as well awesome um doug also does lending now so okay. uh yeah so that's something to consider if you are gonna add some fix and flips to your model this year um definitely speak to doug on that um, all right, so this one is Tom's River. I remember this deal, 8817th Street. Uh, looks like it's another SMS campaign. Do you remember what the criteria was as far as the list stacking? Yeah, again, this was this was Ocean County. It was um, absentee owners um, and it was SMS. So I had sent some texts out. I got a response from somebody on this one saying, yeah, they'd like to sell it. Um, and it, it didn't take long for me to figure out why, um, but it was, the house was vacant for some time. Um, the father had lived there in the past. Uh, he had moved into a nursing home at one point and they just for a long time couldn't get it sold because of a lot of liens on the property. Um, but they gave me a shot at it and, uh, you know, I took it and tried to, to get it closed for them, which we eventually did. Okay. Awesome. And you did have to do a double close on this because it was uh, a little bit of a larger assignment fee. Is that why? Yeah, well, there were a couple of reasons. One, there was a Medicaid lien on this house. Okay. So um, Medicaid reviews the HUD, and I had to negotiate that lien down from like 36K down to about 16 to okay. close it and make a profit. So that, you know, I didn't want them to see a HUD with a big assignment fee. They would have pulled that right out of there. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, um, I had to, the buyer, I had a trouble getting a buyer for this one. So I, I blasted out. I sent it to our group. I contacted real estate agents down there. And it wasn't until I started dialing builders in the area that I finally found someone that would buy it. And the builder was finicky about the property. He didn't, he, re, he didn't want to do an assignment. We were even thinking of an LLC assignment. 
Um, and the other thing that was interesting on this one was that the house required an easement um, to get water access. There was no water on that street, but the neighbor had water and okay. he wouldn't close without the easement being signed and filed. So I actually okay. had to go knock on the neighbor's door, ask them if they'd sign an easement, explain to them what it was. I didn't even know what it was at the time. Yeah. And uh, eventually they signed it and, and he closed on it. But there's no shortage of, uh, you know, being resourceful and getting on Google and YouTube and, and you know, right. seeing if others have walked that path before and, uh, you know, you can, you can dig some of these answers up. So that's great, man. You've got that figure it out mentality where, you know, you're, you're faced with something. You're like, all right, this is something that's going to hinder me from closing. And then you just go and knock that obstacle down. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so great strategy here. You don't want Medicaid. Uh, you know, you don't want to disclose the assignment fee. So you closed on the A to B from the seller to you, and then you sold to the builder. Now you said you started dialing up builders. Where did you even get a list of builders from? Yeah, I just Googled it. I said, Ocean okay. County, you know, Ocean County home builders, home developers, whatever. And I just downloaded the list and started calling one by one. I had like three or four that were kind of semi-interested, but then, you know, wanted it at below even where I had it. But I had one yeah. builder that that took it where I had it, like where I needed to get, um, okay. you know, from them. So it worked out. He, he builds homes modularly. So yeah. um, he just kind of, I guess he drives them in on a truck and plops them on the foundation. So it was, yeah. it was a good buy for him. And I've, I see he's like listing that home now at like 650 or something like that. Wow. It's got water wow. views and everything. So, so it's a big win for him, but you know, yeah. you, but you're in and out, you're just moving yeah, in and out. Papers are, and did you have to, go down here did this purely 100 virtual or no i had to go down because i i had to one i had to visit the township I, I was i was in and out of the township office calling them trying to get information about the water situation but the neighbor was somebody i, I really had to handhold through all this to get them to sign that easement i i even had to go down there with a notary to get them to sign the paperwork so okay. um, that one i did have to go through but my father lives in bricktown which is one town over so i was down there all the time anyway okay awesome Awesome. Um, Bud Lake, I know where that is. That's right by Hackettstown, Route 80, like, yep. you know, uh, pretty much middle of nowhere, New Jersey. Um, it's out there. And you got mm -hmm. this through Facebook. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I, you know, occasionally I'll post on Facebook that I, you know, I, I buy houses. I tell everyone what I do. Right. So I, yeah. I, I, I want to make sure on Facebook, people know what I do. I, I'll put some, some feelers out on Facebook once in a while, like, Hey, I'm buying houses. I'm looking in this area, anybody have a vacant house or a house that needs work that they want to sell. And on this one, it was actually the financial planner for the owner who reached out to me. He said, mm -hmm. I have, I have a house. Um, the owner is, had a stroke. He's in a nursing home. Um, the neighbor has wow. power of attorney. They've been trying to sell it for a long time. Can you come in and look at it and, and make an offer? Mm -hmm. um, and I did. So, and they, they accepted it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, um, and that you just put right on your wall or did you go into like real estate groups within Facebook and put that on there? Um, the, uh, yeah, I put it on my wall, but I also, you know, I go into real estate groups and, and post that. So, okay, you know, cool. rental groups, um, you know, uh, funding groups, things like that. People where, where landlords may be that they want to sell a property, things like yeah. that. So just letting it know, be known that you're somebody that buys houses and here you go, right in, right on Facebook, right from your computer yep. and your pajamas. That's right. Yeah, that's all right. right. All right. So um, power of attorney denied by title. Tell me a little bit about this. There, yeah, so that was like interesting. You came, up with some, you came up with some issues here, right? They're, yeah, they're so not the, all straightforward, by the way. Right. Some yeah, of these will make you want to pull your hair out. Um, 
Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you make 90,000 on one and sometimes those are the easiest deals. So you just never know what you're going to be facing. Talk about this. Yeah, this one, uh, I, I actually, one, we had issues with the septic. The, the buyer inspected the septic and found that it was bad and he knocked 30K off his price of what he was paying for it. So I actually had to go back and renegotiate down with the seller. Um, I was tagged to make about 40K on that deal. I ended up making 10 because the seller didn't want to go down that much. So yeah. I took what I could get. But yeah. when we went to title, uh, the power of attorney paperwork, the, because this person, the owner had a stroke and was in a nursing home, had trouble signing the document and didn't sign on the line, uh, they wouldn't accept it. So I actually had to get the, the neighbor to go to the nursing home the day we were closing, get him to re-sign it on video and have that sent back. And uh, she did it. Wow. So we got it sold. Incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, sometimes you got to jump through hoops for some of these. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's one in Livingston. Livingston is hot town, a lot of rehabbers there. Uh, personal referral. Okay. So that's where you got this talk. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. It was a friend of mine. Um, she knew the owner, knew that he was looking to sell it, had a number of other um, a number of other investors out there and they just wouldn't give her her price. Um, they were looking for 305 for it at the time. And she came to me and said, will you do 305? And I, you know, I, I thought it would work. I wasn't hundred percent sure, but I said, sure, we'll give it a shot. And she said, okay, it's yours. And we signed the paperwork and went from there. Awesome. Okay. So you got it under contract for 305. Um, mm -hmm. And then the buyer came from an REI private group. Yeah, that's uh, our group. That was, that was actually, oh. so Faria again, um, stepped in on this one. We actually partnered oh. on this. She brought, she brought a, a buyer, um, who performed on it and did a great job. So another one from our group. Okay, nice. And then you guys just kind of split the fee, 50-50. Uh, yeah, well, Faria built her fee on top. Um, so that's, okay. I guess that's one way to partner. I had it yep. at a certain price and she built hers on top of that. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. So great job, Faria. I think we should have had you on here too. <laughs> we will in the future. Right, Faria, Faria is fantastic Faria, if you get to work with her. She closes. She, she knows what she's yep. doing. Uh, multiple liens required. What, what was going on with this one? Yeah, so this this one had probably three or four different liens on it. It was the mother's house. She passed away. She hadn't paid the mortgage or taxes for a long time. Okay. And the seller just kind of got tired of negotiating these liens. And he, he handed them to me and said, if you can negotiate these and take them on, they're, you know, they're, they're yours to, to play with. So I had to negotiate two liens. Um, they added a little bit to the purchase price from where we were, but um, I just called them. I got the signature from the seller to say that I'm authorized to do that. And uh, we got them negotiated down pretty low. And they had to bring $120,000 to the closing. Um, yeah. So he, so he was, he's a partner at Merrill Lynch. Um, so uh -huh. he couldn't take any kind of foreclosure or, or um, anything like that on his record or he'd lose his license. So he brought what he had to the closing and, and, and that was it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, Highbridge, what, what what county is Highbridge in? Yeah, so Highbridge is in Hunterdon County. Um, Hunterdon, okay. Hunterdon County, yeah, I'm actually finding the, the property I got signed up today is also in Hunterdon County. Nice. Um, there's some good deals out there. This was an interesting one. I um, actually found this through SMS. The okay. owner wanted the paperwork signed. Another one that just wanted it signed. If you could do it in, in 30 days, we're good to go. And um, that's what happened. So she had actually two clauses on it. One she had a young couple living in the property. They were there for a long time and she wanted to give them time after I bought it. And so we, we negotiated six months. 
Mm-hmm. And then um, I let them stay there and cash flowed it during that time. It was actually a good, nice. good cash flowing property. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at this uh, $2,900 on a $100,000 price, that, you know, forget the 1% rule, you're almost at 3% there. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. 1% rule says that for, let's just say, a purchase price of a property is hundred k you should at least be making $1,000 a month on it. This one's all all the way up at 2900 yeah this, this one this, might not have been so bad maybe doing like a burr on it this Did one you, rented it rented for 14 that? it rented for 1450 a month and that oh. that was the income i made over the over the few oh, months, over I had two it. months. So, okay got it got yeah, it okay. over the few yeah, so months so yeah yeah gotcha. about that yeah i i did think about keeping it but um yeah. because the market is so hot and i yeah. want to do more um coming up i'm trying to kind of hoard cash so yeah, um, I yeah. did. So I did buy this with my own cash, and I wanted to yeah. just have that that income back just to to buy more this year. Uh, absolutely, nothing wrong with building your cash supply and reserves, and then uh, you know striking when the right opportunity strikes. Uh, so details: owner agreed to sell and close in thirty days. Uh, manufacturing before nice survey and foundation issues. How did you? Yeah, deal with this this uh, along with the fact that it was a manufactured home be, before '76 and multiple buyers were dropping out. I actually bought this and listed it on the MLS. Um, Christina Duncan listed it. She's a great agent. If anyone needs one, but um, you know, before 1976, this is something I learned after I bought it. If you buy a manufactured home, it's not you can't FHA insure it. So you have to get a special loan. A lot of lenders won't lend on it. So we actually got a cash offer on this one, um, which is great. But the foundation was was bulging out in one area, so I called a foundation company. They went out. They 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 estimated about like seventy five hundred for the repair to put um, some kind of carbon fiber strips along it. So mm-hmm. I just handed that to her and gave her a credit. Um, we all we were already eleven k over asking, so there was there was room. Nice. But the survey issue because this property comes with land, even though it's a condo, the the buyer paid for a survey and they did it quickly. Um, the surveyor found that their property line was running through the house, to which I said, that's ludicrous. That can't be possible. I, I know it does happen sometimes, but this is a planned community. So I actually spent time. I went to the, the HOA. I went. I actually went down to Flemington into the Hall of Records and pulled the old surveys like in the big books and made copies of them, showing that the property wasn't crossing the line the house wasn't crossing the property line and i got the neighbor's original survey i went and knocked on their door said do you have the original survey from when you bought your house and they did and it showed there was nothing crossing so we sent that to the other attorney and they didn't get a new survey they just said thanks that's enough evidence we'll, we'll close awesome so this one's another one evident of you know obstacles came up and then you just went out there and did what you needed to do to knock down whatever you had to do to get to the closing table so that's Phenomenal. And then another one in hybrid. So I would say this was probably your uh, biggest deal that you did um, uh, over the course of that time, right? If I'm looking at this. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, a, from a profit perspective, this one, yeah. we actually bought this at 123K and both these properties, like 38 Mark and 28 Mark and Highbridge, they're on the same street. I tried yeah. to wholesale both of these and um, I did everything I could. I had lots of buyers out there and yeah. nobody wanted them, but I just, I knew that based on the numbers, these properties were moneymakers. So that's why yeah. I ended up buying them myself. And if I couldn't sell them, they would cash flow fine. So I wasn't, didn't have an issue with that. But this one we bought for 123K. Um, I put about like $2,900 in repairs. It needed some flooring in the back room and paint and some ceiling paint, things like that. And uh, we listed it for 200 and got a full price offer on it. 
phenomenal. Christina Duncan did that one as well. She did. Yeah, she was phenomenal yeah. on these because this She's one, right. we didn't get a cash buyer. We had to go through probably six different lenders. We found one that, that would actually lend on it. And the way I figured that out was I looked in PropStream for properties that had similar characteristics as this, like built before 76, manufactured home. And I called the realtors that sold them and asked them who their lender was that closed the deal and then gave those to Christina and she set up the, the lender for the, for the buyer. Phenomenal. So this lender allowed a assignment fee to be on the HUD? Uh, there was no so assignment the buyer, fee. It was, I mean, I, I bought it with my own cash and then- Oh, you bought it. Okay, so, they were, so yeah. you held it for a little bit and then you yeah. sold it. Got it, got it, yep. got it, got it, yep. yeah. All right, awesome. Yeah, Christina, I think her daughter plays in um, where my daughter yeah. played basketball. Uh, yeah, she's friends yeah. with my son too. Yeah. Okay. Over, over awesome. here, Kayla. All right. Well, yeah. Is this, uh, I guess it's small knit community over here in Somerset. So the one thing about this one though that I tried on this that that was interesting was this was the first property I took a private investor on. Yeah. So some personal friend I knew they put forty k into the deal and they made about okay. nine thousand on it in the end. How did you uh, set up? Um, was it uh, a debt financing sort of? Uh, you know, just paying interest on that money, or did you give them a piece of the? um, the realized profit. Yeah. I give them a piece of the profit on this. Um, I offered yeah. them both. I offered them 10% interest on it all to be paid on the back end or, um, the, the structure for this, because I want, I could do more, but I wanted to entice them to do it. I took 25% yeah. off the top of yeah. the profit for myself. And then we split based on how much we each had into the deal. Um, so I, you know, I had like 120, he had like 40. So we basically split the remainder, um, on those ratios. So he made a $9,000 profit on a $40,000 investment. Yeah, in like uh, six yes. months. Yeah. In six months. So but he made about 25%, but annualized, it's about 50% ROI yeah. on that money. That's that's awesome. So that's great because you brought the opportunity, you're creating value, and now yep. you're helping your friends make money with this as well. And so now I think you could probably see how you could kind of expand that out yeah. more and more and more. Um, and we're going to be doing some sessions about that with, uh, private capital uh, and how you can, um, you know, expand out a, while you have this wholesaling machine going on, now start delegate and automate some of the components of that mm -hmm. um, while building up a rental portfolio. So then you have a stream of passive income coming in, whereas this is more like an active income because you still have to kind of, you know, with wholesale, you still have to work. You, you see there's liens to be negotiated and, you know, sometimes money is stuck in the deal and so on. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to, you know, seeing a lot of your growth. But one of the things that I always uh, talk about at a lot of the in-person events is, you know, on Wheel of Fortune, you ever watch that show, $25,000 is the grand prize and people like lose it when they win, right? And some of these deals, 26.5 and you've got 38.3. I know we talked about the numbers, you know, the, the stats, where you found the deal and all that. But honestly, like, when you're making checks like this, how does that feel? Hopefully you haven't gotten immune yeah. to feeling it, but like what sort of excitement, the, the day of closing when it's happening and then when the ink finally dries and they hand you the check and then the drive to the bank to deposit the check. Like talk a little bit about that. How does that feel? Yeah, it's, it, it feels amazing. I mean, still, you know, when we're, when we're doing those kind of numbers, even, especially even when you're, um, you know, when you're buying them and then reselling them like a wholesale, which is basically what those last two were. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, you see those numbers pop into your bank account and you're like, wow, that, that, while there was some effort involved, it wasn't, 
I, it would take me a lot longer to make that money in consulting and a lot more effort than it would, than it did in these, on these deals. So it, it felt really good. Yeah. And it okay, continues so, to, for sure. So, so, so that you make a great point, right? Um, you know, dollars per hour. Let's, let's maybe kind of consider that for a second here as a metric, right? You made 10,000 on this. How many hours? You never even went to, you never even drove to this property. To this day, you have not seen this property in Northfield, right? Maybe one day right. you're driving through town, you might stop by and say, hey, that was you know one of my first deals ever. But uh, as of today, you've never seen this deal. How many hours do you think you have invested here? Yeah, that one, I'd say maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15, something like that. 10 or 15 a, hours. So you're making yeah, about a yeah, thousand, yeah. thousand bucks an hour on that one. This one is 19.3. How many hours do you probably have invested on this? I know this yeah, one's that, a little bit of a work. That one, yeah, that one in uh, in Tom's River, that was a li- that was probably a little more. I'd, I'd say that was probably a good like 25, 30 hours, something like that, because there was a lot of phone calls that you made for that one. Okay, okay. But but still, like, I think one of the, the, the themes that I'm trying to impress upon people is the, the dollars per hour, the amount of time it takes to do some of these deals from end to end, it's, it's not much you know, from your side, right? Uh, so, yep. so that's great. What do you have cooking for um, 2022? What kind of goals have you set for yourself? And uh, what are you looking to do in the wholesaling side of things? Yeah, so I, I'm actually in the middle of, of planning all that out. But the, the base goal for me is to double what I did this year. I, I just want to, I think I can get to double this because I, you know, it takes time to ramp up and it takes time to get those leads in your in your database. But I've got a good you know, at this point, 300 or 350 leads that I follow up on um, yeah. periodically. So I should be able to double what I did this this past year. Yeah, you know, one thing that we've noticed, it's like on the sixth touch, sixth or seventh, um, you know, the first phone call or the first text messages, a message that was sent, nothing. And then the second and third and fourth, nothing. Uh, but it, eventually they kind of warm up to it. And what happens is whatever that life situation was, for that seller uh, starts to get to a breaking point where then you're the one that's been following up with them and you're the first person that they think of. So they, you get a response out of nowhere. And they're, and at that point, you know, opportunity meets timing and a deal is worked out. Right. So, um, you know, that's one thing that I'll yep. definitely emphasize to everybody is um, it's not the first, second or third touch. You have to stay persistent and keep following up. Uh, on those leads. Um, what do you plan to do this year as far as trying to maybe hold some of these? Have you thought about that? Yeah, I have. So I, you know, I, depending on the right house, I might hold it. Yeah. I, I'm putting together some criteria for that. Like how much would I need to cash flow? What type of house is it? Where, where does it sit? You know, I'm, I'm looking at like, um, we, we've had a rental before. We actually sold that this past year down in Memphis. We had a, it was like a turnkey property that we bought. And that was like a B neighborhood. So we're trying to look for things in that classification, things that aren't okay. too far from where we live. Um, if the right property came up, we might buy it. I'm also cognizant that the market is crazy hot right now and that there might yeah. be a correction. So that might be the time when we buy things to hold. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think that's coming up because the um, Fed just released their minutes a couple of days ago last week. And uh, it talks about that they're going to be tapering back on buying bonds. So there's going to be a rise in interest rates and that's going to hopefully stabilize prices a little bit. It's been, you know, uh, nobody could have expected the type of V-shaped recovery that was going to happen after COVID. Mm. Prices went completely bonkers. I think you were the beneficiary of some of these above ask prices, like you were saying. 
Yeah. Um, so, so that's great. But of course, you know, all of these things don't ever last forever. Real estate, like everything is cyclical. What I love about wholesaling though, see th there are right times to do new construction and there are wrong times to do new construction. There are, there are good times to do rehab, fix and flips and bad times to do rehab, fix and flips. But one, one strategy that never fails, whether you're in a depression or recession uh, or prosperity or recovery in any state of the economic cycle, you can wholesale properties because there's always going to be motivated sellers on one side and then there's always going to be cash buyers and you're there in the middle as a transaction coordinator uh, to make it all happen. So Rob, that's awesome. Congratulations to you to all, on all your success and uh, you know, stay plugged in. There's going to be a lot of uh, new stuff that we're going to be rolling out in the group. I want to just talk to everybody that's on the call. So, um, you know, I didn't want to do the whole bio and ex extend out everything. I uh, got to have Nick's game to catch also. <laughs> but um, I wanted to just uh, introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Shamel Malik. I've run this company uh, with my brother, Farhan. And we actually have about um, six companies here. So Apex Capital Group is our main company where we raise capital and so on. We're based right here in South Brunswick, New Jersey. And NJ Real Estate Investments is, uh, is our uh, wholesaling operation. And so one of the things that, you know, we want, uh, you know, I want this for you as well, Rob, is to identify things that you can automate and delegate and start looking for help now uh, so that you can kind of fire yourself out of those, um, you know, out of some of those roles. So the way that our company works is we have, two acquisition managers that are pounding the phones and, and doing the texting, right? And um, as a matter of fact, there's a separate team that does the texting and a separate team that does cold calling. They qualify the leads and then they uh, send it up to the um, uh, acquisition managers. And those are the guys that then interface with only the ones that are motivated, right? And, uh, and then they put those deals in the contract. So like you, I don't see any of these deals either. And I'll show you guys some of the deals that we've done. Uh, but we have a roofing company. We also partner with wholesalers that uh, are uh, looking to move their deals fast. We've got about 60,000 people on our cash buyers list. So if you want to partner with somebody and do a co-wholesale, uh, we've done a ton of those. Uh, that's our company, Dispo Beast. And I'll, I'll show you guys the website. We also run a, uh, it's 1,700 members at this point. Uh, New Jersey Real Estate Alliance. So it's a real estate investor association where we bring subject matter experts and have them talk about, you know, whether it's apartment investing or wholesaling or rehabbing or, or landlording, any uh, topic that you can think of. Uh, obviously, since COVID, that's somewhat been on hold. Uh, we also have a title group, Apex Title Group, that we do in uh, concert with counselors title. And then, you know, this this program that we brought to you today was focused on the, the REI Bros Real Estate Profit System. And what is that? So in 2015, you know, because of being in the business um, for some time, folks would approach us uh, after we were done uh, speaking at events and so on and so forth and ask us, hey, can I work with you and so on and so on. So we came out with a mentorship program. It was expensive. It was $20,000 at the time. Um, and it was a six month program. Every Saturday we would meet and do accountability sessions and so on and so forth. All of that, what we did is we codified it. We turned it into an online curriculum so that now it's, um, it's all on-demand videos. Uh, so you can do self-paced learning. You go into the uh, portal and you can watch all of the videos. 
these are the different um, courses that you can take. And, and to really be a well-rounded real estate investor, these are the foundational courses. So you have marketing and wholesaling, and that's kind of what we've discussed today. And that's just one strategy, fixing and flipping. So actually holding onto these properties and then redoing the kitchen and the bathrooms and, and completely uh, you know, what we call forced equity and then flipping the property for a higher profit. Um, rental properties, raising private capital, and then now the new game, which is virtual remote wholesaling, literally flipping properties from your computer. So what we've done is taken all this knowledge, 12 years uh, that I've been doing this, all of the tens of thousands of dollars that we spent on attorneys doing customized investor documents and contracts and agreements and addendums, that's all uh, a part of this. Um, but the most important thing I think is having a community, which we're uh, you know, continuously building up. So we have a private WhatsApp group. And Rob mentioned that uh, you know, he connected with uh, Doug, who runs a title company, and they, they closed his deals. And he found a buyer through Faria. All of these folks are in our uh, private WhatsApp community. So you have the ability to network with these other members and, and do deals with them, right? Um, and so we're gonna, uh, if you go to the website, I'll take you guys to the website. This is our, this is our main company, um, uh, Apex Capital Group. This is uh, Dispo Beast. I'll show you some of the deals that we did. Uh, this is literally, you can look up these addresses because a lot of these were double closings. Uh, this is 210 Sanhican in Trenton. The wholesale fee was $65,000. We did double closing on that. Look that address up. Uh, 4 East Gate, Long Valley. I've never seen this property. I've never seen this property in my life. I've never seen this property in my life. Um, you know, it's our acquisition manager put this under contract and, uh, and then our dispo team sold it, right? So uh, we've got it set up in a way where these things are kind of automated. And once the deals come in, it's kind of like a factory, right? It, it comes onto the conveyor belt and then they make their way across. This is Burlington County. Uh, this was a nice 85K rib here. Uh, this was right here in Bridgewater, not too far from us, Rob, uh, on 233 Shepherd. And most of these were absentee owners and most of them were SMS campaign using PropStream and Batch Leads, right? So we have a whole thing. Uh, I actually do a one-on-one -on -one session with the folks that come into the program uh, and take them through that. This is probably our largest one last year, about um, almost a quarter million dollars, where we purchased the 315 and we flipped it to a cash buyer for 550. There's a five unit. Uh, with the commercial and residential mixed use in Hillside, uh, 17 race, Trenton. These are some of the smaller deals. Here are some of the deals that I was talking about. So this is a dispo piece. If anybody wants to, they're, they're a wholesaler that's on this call and they want to partner uh, with us to move your deals, we can do that. These were all our own deals um, that we had done. We also, like I mentioned earlier, we have a title company. Um, this is our wholesaling operation. Uh, this is us, uh, you know, in our real estate investor association, we've got a roofing company as well, and so on and so forth. Um, so that's what I want to leave you guys with. If you're interested in joining the company, what we've done is the WhatsApp group is $1 for the first month, and then it's 30 bucks a month after that. It's a private uh, community that we have where students interact, they do deals, uh, we post uh, real estate tips and so on and so forth. Um, and then this year, we're going to be doing a lot of private sessions for the people that are in this community. Um, but outside of that, if you want to learn how to wholesale properties, 
Um, we have a course for that, how to fix and flip. All of this has been put onto on-demand uh, self-paced uh, videos that you can um, you know, go in and do on your own time, learn uh, and go through this. Rob, you kind of went through these courses as well, right? Or did you just- I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And and uh, for the folks that want to take advantage of the fifty percent off, uh, the code is real estate twenty twenty two. And if you put that at checkout, you'll get fifty percent off on any of the courses. Uh, but the main thing is, we'd love to see you guys in the WhatsApp community. Uh, you know, proximity is power. You get around people that are doing deals. We're not people that just uh, talk about deals that we did years ago. We're in the trenches now. Uh, doing deals. As a matter of fact, I'll show you um, our WhatsApp here. This is where this is our main, you know, mode of communication here. And if I put every morning, our COO Fike Siddiqui pulls up. Um, you know, he he kind of lays out what we've got on our scoreboard. And so, if you look here, these are the deals that we're doing right now. We've got a few that just closed in Ohio. Um, you know, this is probably our biggest one, the 70,000 in Bloomfield, right? And so we're looking at revenues of about 107,000. Now we got another one, a piece of land under contract and we have a buyer for that one. So that's gonna be a 20K rip. So that's gonna close in January as well. So this number will hopefully get updated to about 150 for, for just this month. Um, and uh, I asked my COO that if there's any other deals that we can push and get this to 200K, you know, that, so, I mean, what I'm really trying to say is that we're not just talking about, you know, theories. This is all practical. We're, we're doing this on a daily basis and we're in the trenches along with you. So as things are moving in this industry, um, we're part of a lot of masterminds. We bring that information back and share it with everybody as well. So, um, so uh, you know, that's our time for today. This was recorded. We've got some questions, Rob. Um, Great. Let me, let me actually bring this up. Yeah, before, before we get to the questions, I just want to thank you, Shamel, because I know when I, when I first started, I had a lot of questions and, and Shamel really answered them. I, I know there were a couple of times you even jumped on a Zoom with me and went through some things. So, um, you know, without that kind of mentorship at the beginning of this, I really wouldn't have been able to do all this. Really appreciate that, Rob. Um, so people have questions like, can you tell us about the marketing that you did on Facebook? I think you mentioned that you just kind of put it out there in groups that you're buying properties. Uh, anything else that you want to add to that? No, I just, I, I keep those messages short so I can put them in like the colors behind them. So they get big and bold um, and people see them, but yeah, there's no, no special sauce. I just say, Hey, I'm buying houses. Do you have a vacant house or um, you have a house that needs some work? I'm buying with cash message me and, and you'll get messages from that. Awesome. Somebody asked, what is an assignment fee? I can take that. So an assignment fee is when you put a property under contract and then you sell that property. Um, for, uh, you actually sell the contract to uh, a flipper or a landlord or a builder uh, for a fee. So they step into your shoes to purchase the property at the price that you have it under contract with the seller and you collect a fee for that. And that's what Rob was uh, showing us. Um, is there, yeah, there is a replay. So we will send that to you guys. And I'll also send out Rob with your permission, um, the 
the slide deck, if you're okay with that, sure. uh, to yeah. the folks yeah. that uh, were, weren't able to make it. What do you think about the current state of the market? Is it too saturated? Is inflation making things difficult? What do you think, Rob? Um, for wholesalers, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it matters for wholesalers, to be honest. I mean, you're, what you're looking for are distressed situations where you can help a homeowner out of something difficult. So that's going to be there no matter what the market looks like. Um, you know, in terms of whether it's saturated or not, I think there's a lot more houses and people out there that need help than there are wholesalers, um, even to this day. So, you know, just go for it and start, start having conversations. That's what you have to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, you live right in Somerset. I'm in Franklin Park. We're probably about 10 minutes apart. And um, I had the opportunity to, you know, impart some information and knowledge and, and share what I've done in the business. And you could consider us maybe competitors, right? But not really, because the pie no. is so big. I can't get to everything. You can't get to everything. So even if everybody on this call became a wholesaler tomorrow and started learning and doing the activities of a wholesaler, there's still plenty of deals to be had. So saturation, um, I would say not really. Uh, your, your, your playing ground is, doesn't just have to be New Jersey. You can flip some of these properties in Florida. You can flip properties in um, you know, Tennessee, wherever, sitting right here in New Jersey. There are people that are in Canada flipping properties in the United States, uh, people that are deployed in, you know, overseas and they're flipping properties. As long as you got Wi-Fi, and I would say some black coffee, I think you can just, you know, get right at it and, uh, you know, learn the, learn the tactics and the strategies and you can do it. Which CRM and skip trace software you do you recommend? So as far as skip tracing, uh, I highly recommend batch leads. We do all our skip tracing on batch leads itself and we do our SMS blast on ba uh, batch leads as well. We pull our list from PropStream and we also use uh, list source. When speaking about wholesaling, is there a license for people who do this kind of work? Do you need a real estate license? So in uh, Illinois, yes. Um, and there's one other state where you need a license to wholesale properties. Other states have introduced some regulation uh, around this, including Pennsylvania and Oklahoma. Um, I think there's about a total of six states. In New Jersey, to wholesale real estate, you do not need a license. You're not acting as a fiduciary. Uh, for either the seller or the buyer. You are representing yourself and what you are doing is uh, uh, looking to purchase the property on, and or assign the property, right? And for that, uh, you do not need a, uh, a license to do the business. Do I recommend though having a real estate license? The answer is yes. I would highly recommend so that you have access to the MLS in order to do that. Um, you'd have to take the 70 hour course and pass the state exam and get your New Jersey license and then hang it with um, a, a real a real estate broker. Um, that'll give you access to all the on-market deals. So it is recommended. However, when you are wholesaling real estate, you have to disclose that you are a licensed New Jersey uh, real estate agent. Uh, which government list do you use? Um, so I'm not sure about the question there, which government list, but um, I think Rob mentioned a few different lists that he uses, absentee owners, um, tax lien foreclosures, um, what else, uh, vacant properties, yep. um, and, and the list goes on. And, and bankruptcy, that can be, yeah. Bankruptcy, yeah, all that can be found on uh, PropStream. You could also, uh, you can also do an Oprah request 
you know, at, at the municip municipality level uh, and ask for properties that have code violations and kind of reconcile those with properties that have other issues so that you can um, further target those properties. Uh, probate list is another one. Probate is available on PropStream as well. Do you pay commission uh, to the broker? Yeah, if you're gonna act as a real estate agent, then you would pay. Here's, here's another thing I'll tell you guys is um, as you're doing the marketing in this business, our numbers tell us that about 20% of the properties um, that actually become qualified leads become wholesale deals, only 20% of them, right? The other 80% of these sellers that do want to sell, don't want to sell at investor price or at a wholesale price. That makes sense to us. So what we do in that sense is then we put on our real estate agent hat, my brother is an agent, and we then list that property. Uh, and so we're able to monetize it through commissions. Um, and so, yeah, whatever your setup is with your broker, whether it's 50-50, 70-30, or if you're on 100%, then you would share that with your broker, however, um, you know, your uh, commission split is. Yeah, we list it as is, exactly. Okay, uh, time for one more question. Let me see if we had a question that I may have missed. Are regulations concerned to you guys? So a lot of the regulations, um, you know, if they require getting a license, then we're going to do that, right? You always want to be on the up and up uh, whenever you're in business, because the bigger that you get, you start to become a target uh, for lawsuits and, and, and things like that. So um, one of the things that it would, in, within real estate is that if you double close on the property, uh, you can avoid most of these problems because then you're actually closing on the property and you're going on the chain of title and then you're going to flip the property. So regulation, is it a concern? Yeah, regulation, I think, is a concern for some people, uh, but... Uh, there are other pathways to still continue to do wholesaling um, and still thrive at it. You just have to adjust and pivot uh, as those regulations come out. How often do you pull a list? So once we've exhausted the list and done seven touches, uh, we will probably pull a list on a weekly basis. Uh, so that's the way that we go about it. All right, guys. So uh, for everybody that joined, uh, I will send out the webinar as well as the slide deck uh, with all of the deals that Rob had done. If you guys are interested in joining our community, just go to the reibros.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-I-B-R-O-S.com. Go to that website and uh, you know, at a very minimum, join the WhatsApp community. But then there are other courses that you can take a look at uh, on there. Uh, that might be helpful to you uh, on your journey. So with that, Rob, I want to thank you for all your time and for uh, sharing and imparting your knowledge today. Uh, with yeah, thanks audience. for having me. All right, thanks so much. All right, guys, everybody have a good evening and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon.